coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzz on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I'm Matt. And we're here on week two of our Oscars death race. Coming to give you all the updates on our progress, the movies we've seen, mm-hmm. um, how desperate we are to finish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing all right. It's it's not too bad. Uh, so why, why don't we lead off by saying how many movies we each have left to go? Um, sure. I will, as always, get, be giving the short count, which is counting all the shorts uh, as three. One for each program. Um, so with that in mind, I currently have 23 movies left to see. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, I have, I'm sorry, I have to do some, I have to double check that I've checked off everything. Okay, I have. So I have, let me see. Um, fuck, I can't do math in my head right now, Teddy. What the fuck <laughs> is the problem? This uh, is why I have a spreadsheet that does the math for me. Me too, but I'm my like, spreadsheet counts them individually. You're a data analyst, man. You you do. I have nineteen left. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're you're pulling ahead of me a little bit here. Well, I started off like two movies ahead. You started off like two movies ahead. You pulled like two more ahead. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So my general strategy throughout this is to watch about five movies a week. That's that's my that's my general where I'm at. Except for when we get to the shorts, when I'll do like fifteen in a week. Yeah. um, Well, still, that's you know. Under under the the short system, that only counts as three. So in the way you count them, that only counts as that. But like the way my spreadsheet works is that it counts them as is um, each movie is one. True. Because there yeah. uh, there are the odd years where I don't watch them as one program. That does yeah. happen. Yeah, so. and I'm thinking that there's a good chance that I'm going to be doing that this year. I I think I did that for the first time last year because it was just impossible to. Uh, to see the the programs of the shorts, right. and the I, I'm year concerned before about the that, doc they had them on streaming. Like, yeah, so, um, like a I'm lot of these are available online now. Yeah, yeah, they, exactly. So, the year of COVID, they actually streamed the full programs online, which was really nice. They unfortunately have not brought that back, so uh, we're just watching them piecemeal sometimes. But I'm still counting them as one per program, just because otherwise. The, um, the number gets very heavily weighted by the shorts. It looks like you're really far behind. And then you watch the shorts in like an evening and it's like, oh, wow, you suddenly jumped ahead. Hey, that's like... a good thing. It's kind of nice when that happens. Well, yeah, yeah. But I feel like this gives that's me kind of why realistic I do it, like, when, I, when I get when I get towards like when I get towards the point where I watch a program of the shorts, it like it's like rewarding to knock off a chunk. And I'm always doing that sort of towards like the mid end of the of the process. So it's like. It's like a really good reward for having been like, you know, productive for the right. weeks leading up to it. Um, right. Well, I I do also have the letterboxed list of all the movies, which gives the more accurate overall count. Um, so that I'm using that to track my overall percentage done. Um, yes. Yeah. That makes it look even worse, but uh, we're not we're not talking about that now. Um, 
Yeah. And the percentage count does make it look worse. That's where the shorts really like start to look bad. On. I'm at 35% right now or 19 out of 54, especially seeing that number 19 just seems like I've barely watched any movies at all. Um, but that is pretty bleak. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to push ahead this week. I'm going to make a better effort at getting things done. Uh, like I said, usually try to watch five movies a week. 42. I've only, 42. Yeah. Yeah. I only saw three last week, so I'm a little behind my goal and uh, there's definitely, I've still got most of the hard ones on there too. So that is its okay, own let's, kind of so challenge. So let's go over what did you watch in the last week? We don't have to cover like your feelings about them. Just like, so okay, everyone yeah. can know what we watched. Yeah. Let's just run down that. So since we last recorded, I have watched Marcel the Shell with Shoes on, Navalny, All right. and Fire of Love. Okay, cool. Um, so I watched uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Um, <laughs> that close, she did. Close. Um, Causeway and Fire of Love. Yeah. So, so you watch one more than me. Yes. Um, a little more on top of things. Uh, but we, we both watched Fire of Love. I do like... That we've both got two of the documentaries out of the way now. Um, we were talking about that on the last episode that the docs can be a little oh, bit yeah, daunting. Navalny. I forgot Espe- that I watched Navalny. Literally, Espe- Navalny like made no impact on my brain. But yeah, um. yeah, yeah. I watched it earlier this week, and I'm like, yeah, I can. I remember what it's about, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll talk about it. Um, yeah. So, so getting the documentaries out of the way is like the one thing that I'm. I think I'm doing well right now. Uh, oh, one thing that I did want to clarify that we talked about last week, uh, we talked about the fact that we were dreading having to figure out how to watch Tell It Like a Woman. Yes. Uh, and I think that in the process of doing that, we also like misidentified what that movie is actually about. So uh, it's not a documentary. It's actually an anthology of different like short segments directed by different women. Yes. Okay. Uh, wait, in, in different I, styles and stuff. I feel like I knew that. Did we identify it as a documentary last time? Cause that we, is a, a poor, we, that is just a full mistake. Like that we was, did in, okay. in deleted segments, uh, okay. the, the part I cut around that bit, but it, it, we still talk about it as like part of the general drudge of the documentary watch, which I don't think it's going to be actually, I think it might be a pretty interesting movie. I usually like, like those sort of anthology films where you get to see a bunch of different directors and stuff. So I think that might be cool. However, it is still a very daunting task because as still up until this point, we have no idea if this film is going to have any distribution at all. We know the, uh, the distributor Samuel Goldwyn films, which if you look up their website, <laughs> this is I'm like, what, what is going like, are these, any of these movies real? Yes. The I, devil I, conspiracy <laughs> is real. I must say, Devil Conspiracy has been playing at the Times Square AMC for a few weeks. Um, and I keep thinking, oh, I should see that because the poster looks so bad. Um, so <laughs> it's just like a bunch of stuff that looks like those kind of direct to streaming things that you see on like Amazon Prime. Exactly. Like, it looks like an, real... it looks like something that Amazon what? Prime would suggest as recommended for you. Like <laughs> that's what it looks like, because that's the sort of shit I watch on Amazon Prime on Sunday <laughs> at 7 p.m. after like seven drinks. Like that's like I don't understand how this studio has an Oscar nominated film. They um, they do, apparently. And now we're we are at their mercy. Hopefully 
they give us a chance to see this film. So, so far, the only hints that we have are that it's screening at a festival in L.A., um, which may or may not have an online program. We don't know. Prob- hopefully, yes, but probably not. And that it's screening at the U.N., <laughs> sometime in March. It might not even be before the ceremony and they might not even be allowing members of the general public in. So even with those long shot opportunities, we still might not have even like a remote chance of seeing this film. Crazy. And it's not anywhere online as far as I can tell. So we're really, we're really holding out. We're (laughs) holding out for a hero here. I'm holding out for a hero till the end of the night. Yeah, so yeah. if anyone out there knows how to watch this movie, please help us. You will definitely get a shout-out on the program. Because uh, this is this is one of those ones that is definitely weighing heavy on us right now. Uh, I think up until this point, I've got at least a backup plan for all the other ones. So I'm not too worried about anything in terms of logistics, except for that one film. So that's going to be, that's going to be tricky. Interesting. I feel like I'm not, I mean, like, I feel like I'll figure out everything, but I do feel like there are somewhere I'm like, Hmm, this will be questionable. Um, but yeah. you know, that is what it is. That, that it is. But that one is definitely like the one I'm most worried about. I, mm-hmm. you know, if if they don't find if there's not a way I mean, as of now there's like a very real chance like it's not going to be seen, which is going to be very upsetting. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going for full completion here. I mean, if we always do, that's what we do. <laughs> if we miss even one, it's like why? What do we even do this for? Anyway, why don't we talk about? We've talked about the strategy. We talked about where we're at. Let's talk about the films themselves because that's what it's all about, after all. What are these films like? And why don't we kick things off? We've name-checked it already. Why don't we talk about Navalny? Uh, so we've both seen that now. This was the first documentary for me, and I think for you as well. Uh, yeah. This is about yeah. the Russian opposition leader. Alexei Navalny. Alexei Navalny. we all know. Yeah. Yep. The guy, who's, he's currently in jail in Russia. And it's kind of just it's a it's mostly centered around like his the the poisoning attempt on his life and then them finding out who did it and then him returning to Russia and getting arrested. That's pretty much the whole plot line of the movie. Yeah. Um, and it was it was pretty interesting. I, I definitely thought like the like the phone call segments where they're like actually calling up some of the people who helped poison him were uh, pretty intense and interesting. Um, definitely that, like that kind of uh, like detective work stuff was, was definitely the most interesting part of the film. The rest of it is, you know, kind of, kind of wrote yeah. sort of exactly what you'd expect from a documentary like this. Although they, I did think that they had some interesting segments from him talking to the camera, which was kind of like an unusual choice for this film, but I, I kind of liked it. So uh, those were like the main points that this distinguished itself to me with. Yeah, I did. I mean, I don't know. I, I felt like a lot of it was kind of boilerplate. Um, <clears throat> I agreed that there were some interesting moments, but a lot of it, I felt like 
I feel like they were kind of, even though it's a, a pretty short movie, it's only like 99 minutes or something like that. Um, yeah. Like, a, um, which is, I remember that that's like a, a selling point of when I watched it. Like I was like, Oh, I have time for this. Um, time so, to squeeze um, in Navalny before I have yeah, to run out. Yeah. Um, but like, so it's like it's pretty short, but despite that, I feel like like they didn't really like spend enough time on any one element of like the Navalny story. Like, there's a lot of disparate elements to like Navalny's story and Russia relating to him, right? Like, I mean, I, I feel like it could have. I feel like they could have narrowed things down more. Um, and like, because like Navalny is, I I don't know. It was like an interesting thing because they were like at some moments it was like Navalny's like a hero for Russia, but like Navalny is also like kind of a sleaze bag like he's not a great guy either and so like i was like this is kind of confusing to me like what are we supposed to think about this guy and like about his like actions in in like leading up to this moment and it was just like very confusing to me like what like so um i don't know but i did i mean i didn't dislike watching it i was just like i feel like you know they could have like picked a thing and and stuck with it um a little bit better um but that's okay. That's life. Um, I did enjoy it. And I think Navalny's an interesting guy. So anything like focusing on him is still like pretty interesting to me. Um, um, but it wasn't like my, fi- I mean, I don't know. I, I'm weird about documentaries. I feel like, I feel like half the time I don't like them. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like, especially like the Oscar nominated ones. Um, Cause I do kind of feel like this one was nominated because it's topical like i mean oh definitely yeah. you know like i feel like i feel like if this i don't know if this were like four years after the russia ukraine war had ended or whatever it probably wouldn't be like a thing that like had been nominated at all yeah um yeah. so um like um and, it, and i do feel like it's pretty clear like i mean just watching it it's not the most coherently put together documentary that you could fathom about navalny um so you know that is what it is um and that's kind of frustrating to me when a movie is just because of it's topical um but it it is still enjoyable and it's worth a watch um also it's on hbo max which like you know you should have well actually i don't know if you should anymore but at one point you should have had it Um, (laughs) at one point it was like the one to have if you're like a movie lover and they're doing everything they can to dismantle that reputation yeah but at one point it was like the the best one to have so um but now less so, but still like, you know, if you still have it, it's like, obviously you should just watch it. Like it's available and it's worth watching at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good. And it's short too, like we said. So, you know, it's, it's a good way to get like a it's quick short and it's like totally brief to appeal to like a mass audience. Like it's not, it's not like challenging you in any real way. Um, you know, if yeah. you, if, <laughs> if you don't support Russia, which is like basically everybody other than the Russian elites, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to like sympathize with like the context of this film. Right. So, um, (laughs) you know, um, it's, it's really meant to appeal to like basically everybody. Um, yeah. And it's got like a little bit of like spy type intrigue as well to keep people. It does. Yes. Again, I wish that like they leaned into more of like, like they picked that and made that like the main focus, you know, like, like anything could have been like the focus instead of doing like 90 minutes of like disparate focuses. But, um, that's okay. Um, which is weird to me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very big on like a, a documentary with like a very narrow focus. That's like my, um, it's going to be interesting when we talk about the other documentary that we've both seen, because yeah. um, I actually don't have more positive feelings about that one either, but um, yeah, well um, let's, I think we've, yeah, let's get into that then. Uh, fire of love, fire of love. Yeah. Um, this, I, I do, I do think that 
there's a lot of the same criticisms that can be levied towards this film. Uh, this is about a, a couple of volcanologists, Katya and Maurice Kraft. Uh, and uh, it's just all about their love of volcanoes, love of each other and like kind of their life story. Um, and I, I love the topic. It was very interesting and had love fascinating the love footage. volcanoes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's so cool. It's like 90 minutes of volcanoes erupting. Yeah. You can't dislike that. Yep, it's very absolutely. cool. But like, also I do think it suffered from not really having a clear narrative. Right. Was uh, it about their like romance? Was it about like their acti- activism? Was it about volcanoes? Like what was it really actually about? It yeah. It was kind of about all of those things. And like, and like that's okay. Cause it's trying to sort of tie these ideas together, but also there's not really like a strong narrative thrust to the movie. At least Navalny had like the, the natural conflict of like, Navalny versus Russia and yeah, like yeah, them absolutely. fighting yeah. each other. There's no real sense of conflict here. There's sort of like hinted at that like Maurice is a little too reckless and Katya's like the more cautious one and there's a bit of conflict there, but it yeah, never but really Yeah, but that's like you say hinted out. at and hinted at is almost overselling it. Like it's really <laughs> it's really not. They don't lean into that. Yeah. Um, at all. Yeah, so there's not really anything that like ties together the whole film as like a solid narrative thread. Um yeah. in terms of that conflict but I, it is it's a fun watch it's very pretty to look at so, uh you know it's all cobbled together from their old footage from the 70s and 80s yeah um, i really love the footage um and i love katia maurice just like seeing them and watching them interact and listening to them talk i thought they were like i want very interesting i want to i want to yeah. like get a drink with them like i, I want to like you know i mean obviously i can't because they died but like um i want to hang out with them right um i gotta say the biggest detractor for this movie for me, like by far was the narration. She's yeah. fucking bored. Like she was like <laughs> disinterested the whole time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, I just like every time she spoke and I don't, you know, I don't mean any, like, I'm sure she's a wonderful person. Cause she's a filmmaker and um, um, I can't remember. Miranda July. Yeah. Miranda July. I'm sure she's wonderful, but like every time she spoke it, like, completely took me out of it because it was like you don't seem like you want to be doing this like you seem (laughs) bored with narrating this movie and it was so grating um and like bad narration in a documentary can be like that's like a fatal blow Um, yeah yeah because if if you're going to have like very prominent narration which you don't always want to have right but you do if you're going to have it it has to be compelling it has to tie things together and it has to keep your excitement going throughout right. the film. It, uh, it was, it was, it was rough. I mean, like I tried really hard, <laughs> but I was like, this is take, like, it was like, it, and like, I'm usually pretty forgiving of like elements like that, but like, it was like very distracting every time. Yeah. Um, it does kind of take you out a bit. Yeah. Um, and so like, that was like a huge detractor for me. Cause I feel like I probably could have liked this movie a lot more if they'd had a narrator who felt more like, just like invested in what yeah. they were like narrating. Like it, that it just, part kind of took me from like what, like, Oh, I'm here watching a Oscar nominated um, documentary to like, Oh, I'm at the, like the planetarium or something. Yeah, I'm watching that's what it felt like. something that's dryly describing yes, volcanoes. That was that was okay. So that was exactly what I thought while I was watching it. I was like, it feels like I'm watching like some weird infomercial or like, 
somebody like reading their notes in like a in a high school biology class or whatever i mean not biology i guess but like geology you know what i mean like 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 a high school like somebody who just like is like reading straight from like a thing i mean like, like she occasionally would inflect her her narration but a lot of the times it was just like straight reading and i was like what what are we doing here like (laughs) um and like even like nature programs like watch like planet earth like you can do better like oh yeah yeah there's there's ways to make even like the driest of documentary nature footage seem exciting and compelling and also again this is volcanoes like it's inherently exciting like and it's people and like you're narrating about people who go to like dangerous areas to watch volcanoes erupt like you can make that exciting you can do that like yeah um, i mean these guys like while they are scientists they have like just as much in common with like alex honnold or somebody who's like yeah naturally putting their life in their hands this should have been like been like the fucking like that this should have been like yeah yeah solo yeah the free solo volcanoes there's also, if anything, it should have been like the my fucking octopus thing. Of, of <laughs> yeah, the, of the yeah. Um, and it wasn't. It was just like kind of like, what are we doing? Um, I did like the parts where they got um, actors to like read their letters and journal entries and stuff like that. I thought those were very well done. Yeah. And felt very naturalistic. Um, obviously, like the footage, all shot by these two people themselves very good um a lot i mean like apparently they were making their own documentaries so of course it's great so just like yeah, volcano so footage like come on it's fucking it's some, cool it's some top-notch <laughs> volcano footage in this one i i think it's worth watching for that alone yeah absolutely 100 uh, percent yeah, I love the volcano footage i recommend it it's it's a fun watch it's just not the most coherent film um, but you know, it's worth watching and it, it was interesting to learn about these two people and their lives. Yeah, it was. And I, I was, man, I love them. I wish I, you know, it's too bad they died in that Japan <laughs> eruption. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Too bad about that time. Um, this was, this was having me being like, yeah, I'm going to a volcano myself. And then it was like, oh yeah, that's that, that could happen too. That's yeah. not, I, I feel um, like, you know, I, we could preface that with a spoiler alert, but also they, they did famously die. They were a famous, a famous pair, but, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> um, but so sorry if you didn't know that and you went into this movie, not knowing they die, but, um, they die. So uh, that is sad. That is sad. It is. It's worth watching. I hope it doesn't win best documentary, but it was worth watching. Yeah, well, we have yet to Actually, see... so far, I hope neither of the documentaries I've seen was win Best Documentary. Right. So maybe I, I wish say... one of them did, because maybe the other three are even worse. Um, I'd say of the two of them, I would be pulling for Fire of Love, but I'm hoping that we get something yeah, better. Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. We'll see. I, like, from the start, this was the one I was the most interested in. Same, so actually, same. I was really excited going into this. That's why... I think that's why I felt so strongly in the negative about the things I felt negatively about. Cause I was like, wow, I was like really excited to see this. And then when it let me down, I felt like bummed about it. Um, so, but that's okay. That's life that happens. Um, it's just not every day that I like look forward to a documentary. Like those are hard for me. Those are not, I'd rather <laughs> read the things that documentaries tend to be about than watch them. Um, I'd rather watch fiction things. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, it, you know, for me, it's like, if I'm excited for a documentary, that's like a big thing. So then when it lets me down, I'm like, all right, that was a bummer. And that's too bad. Uh, but it, life goes on. Yes, it does. Um, okay. Uh, you watched Causeway as I well. I did watch Causeway, uh, yes. I sort of talked about that briefly mm-hmm. last episode, but is there anything else you want to say about that? No, I liked it, though. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought, it, I mean, it's pretty straightforward drama stuff. It's like, you know, veteran returning from a bad, you know, Afghanistan incident. Basic stuff. Um, yeah. It's nice to see Jennifer Lawrence on screen. Um, always a pleasure. Um She's she's a great actress, so it's nice to see her do something. I feel like she's been kind of MIA since Mother. I don't know. Um, and Mother yeah. was even something that not everyone saw, but I saw Mother. So. Nah, I saw Mother <laughs> twice in <laughs> theaters. Sure did. Um, I love Mother. I, will. I am unapologetically pro-Mother. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I do think that could be a part of why her career sort of slowed down for a bit. She did that, um, what's that also... one where she was the... Um, the scary Russian spy girl. Was that Red Sparrow? Was Red that Sparrow? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was that after mother? That might've been after mother. I think it was around the same time. Well, I think uh, maybe, mother, maybe, maybe a little bit after. Yeah. The, yeah. Like I think it year. was because mother, well, cause I think I saw Red Sparrow in New York, but I think I saw, mo- I saw mother in Richmond and I saw it at the bow tie. <laughs> so that means that I was living in Richmond at the time. Um, cause I don't see many movies there otherwise. Okay. <laughs> um, so that must've been before I moved to New York. Um, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so Jennifer Lawrence hasn't been in much since the mother red sparrow phase of her career. Um, and this was nice to see her in. I thought she was really good in it. Obviously she's not the one that the awards are for Brian Tyree Henry is. Um, but I do think Jennifer Lawrence possibly could have gotten some nominations and it would have been weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the, I mean, the best actress category is also fairly stacked. So like it's reasonable. Um, and also Brian Tyree Henry is really good. I just want to be clear that he deserves the best supporting actor nomination. Um, he has moments in this movie that are just like stellar, like incredible. Um, I loved that this was a new Orleans movie. Um, yeah, we have yeah, a love for new great. Orleans. Um, Definitely. so, um, I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought they, their chemistry, like as friends was just like so good. Um, right. Like they just seem like the kind of people who just like naturally got along. Absolutely. And, like you would want to spend yeah. time hanging out mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. And I thought it really elevated, like, I thought the two of them elevated a movie that was like, otherwise pretty, pretty basic. Um, like yeah. the themes and, and plot were all just like, yeah, you know, normal stuff. Um, doesn't mean it's not a story worth telling. It's just that, you know, it's not a story that, you know, it's a story we've, we've heard before basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like a, like a decent little drama, but they like their performances definitely elevated it above mm-hmm. that to like something like, Oh, I'm like actually really invested in this. Right. Yeah. Um, so I did enjoy it. I, I was surprised. I thought I would maybe kind of, um, that was another one I picked cause it was like 90 some minutes. Um, so that's yeah. another blessing. I mean, it's like rare to see like a, a drama be 90 some minutes. I mean, I know, right. That, that was me too. I was like, wow. And it doesn't outstay its welcome. This is fantastic. I know. I like amazing that like people still can think to make movies like that. Um, because every movie nowadays is fucking three hours and 12 minutes. Avatar two. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that was great though yeah well it we're was, not shitting on avatar in this um, episode <laughs> it, it didn't need to be there as a couple minutes um but um 
could have been yeah. four hours. I would have still been there. Yeah. Well, that's you. Um, <laughs> it's not like it's not like when I watched Tar and um, Triangle of Sadness one day, and I was like, yeah, big day for movies. It could have been forty five minutes shorter. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, I definitely felt that way about Tar. Yeah. <laughs> um, although, I, although I loved that movie, I mean, I, it's I a great the movie. movie. That doesn't mean that doesn't I mean, or good movie. I don't know if I'd say great, but um, it because of the forty five minutes too long thing. I like I can't say great because of that. But it, it, but like movies need to stop overstaying their welcome. Like it's become like fashionable now, where like people are, like you will meet people who are like a good movie can't be like an hour and a half. It's got to be like two hours. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like a good movie should be a tight ninety minute movie. That is like the ideal movie. Like, um, you know, I know that's not always possible with like, especially like like Avatar is like a big sci fi fantasy type epic. Like. You can't do that in an hour. Yeah. You can't do it. Like when you have world building to include, you just can't be, but so compact, like, you know, um, but a drama set in our real world, you don't, you don't need to be two and a half hours. Like, like Causeway didn't Causeway can get away with 90 minutes because it's a story about a soldier returning from Afghanistan. We know, like we, we inherently get some of the things that don't have to, that can go on set, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and like more movies should capitalize on that. And Tar could have done that too. Like we, we get some of these things about her being like a powerful woman, you know, like we know she has a lot of power. We, we get it. You, you could, you, you don't have to like put it on display for us for like 20 slow drawn out minutes every time. Um, anyway, that's, we, we're not talking about Tar tonight. Um, so that's my whole spiel about the fact that Causeway is 90 minutes and is lovely for it. Um, it's a nice 90 minute drama. It's also not too heavy. Like you're not going to sob watching this movie. That was kind of nice for me. Um, it's like yeah. emotional, but like I didn't like cry. Um, so, you know. yeah, well, I, I like that. Cause when I, when I read about the, like what it was about, it's about like traumatic brain injury and exactly. coming back from war. I thought it was going to be like, Oh, like this is really heavy and stuff, but it was more like about like, uh, like these are like realistic everyday problems that you would deal with. And it's just like how how those problems would feel on like a real human yeah. level. So they, they feel it feels more real in a way. The fact that it's not treated like in a really heavy handed. Well, one thing about it is that way. there's like a certain like slice of life quality to it. Um, it does feel like yeah. a little like the narrative, despite the fact that it's only 90 minutes. There's like a lackadaisical quality to the to the narrative. Like it's just sort of like free flowing. Like, you know, you're not like. It's not like bouncing, like just like from straight scene to straight scene to straight scene. You're sort of just like watching her go through her like life afterwards. Um, even though it is like tightly moving from scene to scene, it doesn't feel like it's just like somebody says something that's important. The scene ends and you go to somebody else saying something important, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's very like it. I mean, it really does feel like, like a summer day in new Orleans watching this movie. Like you're, you're like watching, like she's like, cleaning pools in the summer it's you can tell that it's hot you can you can watch it every it's like a sort of like a lazy slow moving almost plot even though it's not slow moving because it's 90 minutes but it's like it isn't like rushing like it it, there's no i don't know i don't know how to explain it without just saying watch the movie but um Yeah. yeah like but it is like it doesn't feel like it's like rushing along for 90 minutes of like actual plot but it like it is it's it feels like it's moving at a good pace that is in tune with like the setting. It's really nice. Um, so I don't know. I liked it. Um, I thought it was good. Um, 
I would encourage people to watch it. So, yeah, check it out. Um, and that I mean we, I can't talk about Marcel until you've seen that because well, you, uh, you can say you're overall. I'm sure we're. About I'm it. sure we're both uh, gonna have thoughts. I it it was about what I expected. All it right, to be. It so was that's not, good. <laughs> You know, you know, not, I was like, oh, you know, this is okay. It's not really blowing me away. That's, you know, we'll get into it. Lauren loved it. Lauren. Lauren <laughs> she told me she liked it. Yeah. Lauren both uh, loved it and could not comprehend the fact that I was less than blown away by it. I'm with you. I'm um, with you. Um, <laughs> wow. I, yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that once you've seen it. Yes. Uh, anything else? Well, uh. I saw Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Oh yeah. Um, she went to Paris. I got to say, I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, I, I kind of thought it would be like basic. I don't know how to explain. It. I thought it'd be like 80 for Brady, you know, that movie, <laughs> but like a little more earnest, you know what I mean? Um, but it was like, actually had like heart and was about sort of like aging and feeling like you're like, you know, and that they they both have rhyming titles. Yeah, well, there's that too. Um, it, like, but it, the movie ended up actually being about like like the process of like aging and feeling like you're too old for certain things, and like in a way that I thought was actually kind of meaningful. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I actually did appreciate it. Um, you know, I don't know that I know. I I could see. I mean, if you like this kind of movie, it's like a, it's probably like a really good sick day movie. Like it was like it was like heartwarming like i don't know like they're they're like it's probably a pretty good sick day movie for the right kind of person it's not my kind of sick day movie because i watch terrifier too when i need a pick me up <laughs> but like for some people i feel like this is like the perfect sick day movie um so i totally get the appeal now um okay. again i don't need to rewatch it but i do get it um so i i did like it and um the lead she is so good she is just great um, she's a delight. <laughs> um, so well, great. Um, yeah. So actually, I, I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, I think the rhyming nature of the title really put me <laughs> off. Um, and I thought it would be—I really thought it would just be like an old lady trying on nice clothes, and that's it. Um, that really wasn't it. I mean, it had some elements of that, you know, um, like Mrs. Pettigrew lives for a day or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but like it was. You know, it was more about how, like, actually the fact that she's, like, trying on nice dresses isn't what matters. You know, like, that was, like, the the, the theme here. Like, um, yeah. And, okay. and I thought it, like, worked well. Um, you know, nothing, like, groundbreaking, but it was, like, really sweet and earnest. Um, so I admire that. Um, so, also, Lucius Malfoy was in it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of funny. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was good. Um, I, I was pleasantly surprised, I will say. Um, so that was my first pleasant surprise of the Oscar watch season, I would say. Because I have otherwise been... My expectations have been met or disappointed. But that one was... I thought it was like, actually, it surpassed my expectations. So, Oh, great. Great. Looking forward to that, then. So, uh, well, we've bla kind of blazed through... The movies we've actually seen now that's uh, actually that's got to be like a record for us i feel like 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 the quickest we've talked about the, the oscar movies we've watched in one go um no we, we didn't really have anything that we felt too strongly about this week but we do have 
some more stuff we can talk about. Yeah, and watch us spend like two hours on these. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Which one? So we've got two genre films tonight to balance out. Yeah. The Oscar watches. Which one do you think we should do first? Um, we should start with the one that came out earlier, which is Skinnamarink. All right, Skinnamarink. Um, it is. Yes. Um, let's before we do that. What are you drinking? Oh, uh, I'm just. You know, this is kind of my standard for the Oscars season. I'm drinking champagne of beers. No champagne highlight. of beers. I love it. I love it. Um, see, I like I have themed drinks. Um, not like super themed. But um I need to work in on honor it. of Infinity Pool, I have a Caipirinha and Ooh. and I have a painkiller. Um, which felt very what you would drink at the resort in Infinity Pool. So absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. Those are those are solid resort drinks. Yeah. yeah. So um, and we'll we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. I wonder what a what a skinnamarink drink would be. A skinnamar drink. <laughs> oh my god! I need to make that. Holy shit! Okay, That's yeah. Such we're a gonna good name. come up. We're gonna come yeah. up with an idea for a skinnamar drink. <laughs> that is we'll an incredible name. Wow. That's so good. We have to come up with that. Um. So yeah. Okay. Let's start with skinnamarink. Um. That was an experience, is what I'll say yeah. about Skinnamarink. Did you uh, saw this in theaters? I did. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so I saw this so at an Alamo. Um, are you gonna ask what the theater experience was yeah, like? Yeah. What was what was the experiment? Ex, uh, what was the theater experience for this like? It what was, was the general vibe. So yeah. weird. It was like an almost sold out theater at an Alamo, um, and like I, it was just like. Like I saw like a mom and daughter come in and they like clearly were the sort of people who like normally see like the grudge remake on big screen. You know what I mean? Like they like their horror going is like, yeah, they see like the basic horse, which isn't like a judgment call. Um, I see that too, but like the way they were talking, they were like, yeah, I've heard this is so scary. And I was like, is that all you've heard? <laughs> like, um, like, cause like, this is going to be a very straight, like I knew yeah. going and I was like, I'm sitting down for a movie that is not going like this movie is like actively not, it's not warm, warming itself to movie watchers. Like you, it's not like, yeah, it's like repelling is... watching. Like, it's like, it's like, it's not making it easy. Like, and I knew it's that a going challenging film for the general audience. Yes. Um, and it so, has like, more in common with experimental films than it does with other horror films. Exactly, exactly. So when I would see people in the audience who were like clearly there, for like just as like, um, like oh, I'm gonna get the shit as, scared out of me. As sort of like, I don't want to say calm, but like as like pedestrian horror watchers, like right, like like people who like they watch a horror movie, but they don't like watch like every horror movie you know and they don't like you know like people who aren't like diving into horror people who just like watch the ones that like get big um you know i was like oh you're in for a weird experience because this is not going to be like a normal watch um some of them at the end seem to really like it nobody left my theater i've heard wow. stories of people leaving the theater during it um that did not happen in mine um there were like whispers at times, um, but nobody like left or like made any weird comments. There was like a, a pair of guys in my row towards the end who laughed at like weird moments, but sometimes you laugh when you've like been scared. Like I, yeah. that's what I chalked it up to. I was like, you know, it's like, it is like, I don't know. Like I liked the movie. I didn't like, like I didn't love it as much as some people do. I did like it. Um, but like, I was definitely like on edge, like the whole time. And sometimes the only response to that sort of tension is to laugh. 
So I totally get that. Um, yeah. Um, Cause like Definitely. this movie is like tense from beginning to end. Like it's like, it's very weird. You're in like this weird limbo space. Like if you can like lull yourself into that moment where you've like, you're like a six year old kid and you've woken up and the TV's on, but nothing else is on. Um, like if you can like make yourself feel what that felt like again, like you're going to be scared out of your mind watching this. Cause like, that's what yeah. it feels like the whole time. Like, yeah, and, it's like um, the whole, the whole idea is like trying to get you back into that mindset. Yeah. I think it's it, very effective at that. Yeah. If you can, if you can get back into that mindset, you're going to like have a night with bad sleep because <laughs> it's like, it like, it really works on that front. Um, so, but did yeah. you watch it at home? Yeah, I watched this at home. I watched it basically the day it came out on Shutter. Yeah, um, I, I've been waiting for it because it, it's not really watchable around here in the theaters. Um, but I was excited for this, I, and I almost feel like like I I didn't see it in the theater, but I feel like it plays really well at home. I think it would play there's... really well at home. That's what I told multiple friends who couldn't see it in the theater. I I said, if you watch it at home, if you can like turn out the lights and shut off all distractions, it's going to play really well at home. Yeah. Um, Something about watching this like at home in the dark alone is like, oh boy. I think it's <laughs> almost, definitely... I think it would almost be scarier at home than in a theater just because the nature of the movie is about home. It's about oh, yeah. your house. So I feel like, like uncomfortable in your own house. Yeah. yeah. And I'll like, I was like hearing little sounds of like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. And it's definitely the kind of movie where you're like, all right, movie's over. All the lights are going on. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, this. oh my God. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and what I thought was so effective about this movie, I mean, aside from many elements of this movie, which are very effective, like the use of jump scares are so scattered throughout that when they happen, I like flew out of my seat, like multiple times watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard for hard to do for me. I watch like every horror movie that comes along. Like, yeah. you know, there's like um, two very well placed, very loud jump scares. And some of them are movie. like ones where, you know, they're going to happen. Like you like, like the one with like the stupid toy phone. I swear to God. <laughs> like I was like the fucking moment I saw that phone. I was like, yeah, that's going to fucking happen. It's, um, it's gonna, and it's then gonna when happen, it happened, yeah. I still managed to like lose my shit. Like, <laughs> um, that's that's effective filmmaking when yeah. you can telegraph what's going to happen and still make it a surprise. Yeah, uh, yeah, so good, so effective. So um, we should like basically describe this film before we get too in depth with it. Uh, this is uh, the feature directorial debut for Kyle Edward Ball. Yes, this is shout a... out to the gays. Um... Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is like an experimental lo-fi kind of horror film. Uh, it takes place entirely in a, a house at night uh, with two little kids who are home alone um, and that like their parents have disappeared and all of a sudden strange things start happening in their house. Doors start disappearing and things start moving up to the ceiling and just something supernatural is going on. Um but what's no most noteworthy about the film is like just the general audio visual experience of it. It's all shot like in the dark with some sort of low grade camera or something. It looks, it looks very like grainy, but also yes. not like film. So I'm not, I'm not sure how they did this. I want to read more about it, but it, it looks it has this really distinctive grainy look to it that makes you wonder at 
times like am i looking at a still image or am i looking at video like it's it's hard to tell and then things will just suddenly move around you know like oh like that's that's a video but it's got like this kind of choppy motion to it the right. sound a lot of it is like very muffled you'll hear things like spoken from like off screen or with a whisper a lot of stuff is subtitled because you just straight up would not get any of the dialogue otherwise yes um and there's like child actors mumbling and like whispering to each other um and yeah it's just got, it's got a very creepy vibe to it overall like it it kind of lulls you in at first you're like what is this like what am i even watching and then eventually like as you get into it and like you've been watching it for like 20 30 minutes you just find yourself like in enveloped in this world that they've built in there uh and i find it really effective for just like how immersive it feels yeah because of that i thought i thought that like yeah i think you're right i think that like after the first like 15 20 minutes i was like pretty into the like the rhythm and and the vibe of the movie and i was like in this world where like you never see what's happening straight on like that yeah. just is never it's never gonna happen in this world um and i was into it um it, it becomes so much more effective when you do see like somebody's like when you see any shot straight on the moment it happens it's like it fucks you up like um like there oh are that's some elements like you you see some like fucked up faces straight on or something um um and and those are those are moments um but like <clears throat> yeah like so much of this movie like you don't see the actual like you won't see actual action taking place you hear the conversation you hear the sounds happening um you maybe see some shadows playing out what's going on um it's just so it's so strange um it's such a strange experience to watch um it's obviously not for everyone as a result because it can be kind of slow but I do think that it's really worthwhile if you can watch it and, and like let yourself get lost in like the strange, hazy dreamlike quality that the movie like puts forward. Um, Cause it's, it's just so, it's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's really frightening. If you like let yourself get like caught up in it, it's like, it's pretty freaky. Um, whatever the skin of Marink is, I don't want to meet it. Um, you know, I don't want to see it. it it's going to take my tongue. I don't want that. It's going to tell no. me to put a knife in my eye. I don't want that. Um, yeah. <laughs> these are things I don't, don't want. want. That at all. <laughs> um, so it, it's like pretty frightening. Um, it I is made more than frightening. Get I don't want to get skinnamarinked. That's not like a goal of mine. Um, I don't know about anybody else. I can't speak for them, <laughs> but I'm assuming most people, if, Maybe they you're knew, into that. if they knew what it meant, I would assume most people don't want it. So, um, you know, I do have questions about what actually happened to the parents, but that's okay. Um, like, did they, did they get skinnamarink or did they leave and then the skinnamarink happened? Who knows? Who knows? Really? Could be either. Could be either. Completely both plausible. Um, but those poor kids, those poor kids got skinnamarinked. Um, yeah. That's too bad for them. (laughs) Uh, So hard to be skinnamarinked that young. It is so hard. And they seem like nice kids. Um, they didn't deserve to be skinnamarinked. Um, you know, who does deserve to be skinnamarinked, <laughs> but um, not children, surely. Um, but they got it. They got yeah. got. Yeah, that happened. Um, but it was scary. Uh, it was frightening. Yeah. I I said that this has like an experimental vibe to it overall. Uh, specifically, it reminded me of 
uh, a movie I watched in my experimental film class back in college called Wavelength okay. by Michael Snow. Uh, and I was very excited to see that when, like, in his influences for this film, Kyle Edward Ball lists Wavelength by Michael Snow oh God, and so also great. the works of Stan Brakhage, which you can also see all over this film. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but Wavelength is like it's a 45 minute film and it's just one continuous shot zooming in inside a room. And there's a couple things that happen throughout those 45 minutes that it like it's like it's literally like one or two things that is like the big events of this film and then like the rest of it is just this long unbroken shot where like nothing has happened but it's slowly zooming in and there is like this this creepy kind of feeling while you're watching it this feeling of anticipation it's not a very watchable movie but it is interesting in like the feelings that it's able to compel from you by just doing a couple of basic cinematic tricks and i think that's also what they're going for in this movie um you know it's not necessarily trying to be the most compelling plot at all times but it's trying to play around with ideas of what you can do with just the most basic imagery and camera movements and how you can use that to affect emotion yeah i think i think the plot is very much secondary in this movie um, I think I think the main thing is is the imagery and how it's shot and how it's how every like scene is composed so that you you see just the the things that it shows you, um, but not so much like the the actual unfolding of the plot. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to ask like asking your average moviegoer after this like, hey, what was the plot of that movie? <laughs> what happened in that movie? <laughs> I, I think a lot of people, and I've seen this take going around on like. Twitter a little bit where people are like, if you didn't get the plot of Skinnamarink, then you weren't paying attention. I'm like, I don't really think that's true. I don't think Skinnamarink also like needs you to like know the plot of the movie. Like, yeah. Um, because it's not entirely, I mean, it's obviously not clear. I mean, I do, I personally think I have like an idea of what the plot was, but like, I don't know if that's what the director meant. And I also don't know that it matters. And I don't know that the director cares. And I don't know that I care if I'm right about it, like <laughs> I think like the feelings that it evokes and like the fear that it evokes are, are the main thing here. Um, and so I, I don't think it really matters what like the actual like plot point A, B, C, D, E, F, G are like, I, I don't right. think that that is like the main takeaway from this movie. Um, the way that it would be for some other movies. Um, you know, there are movies where like the plot is everything. I would argue that avatar is one where like the plot is like a big, you know, like, you're you're watching the story like you're not you know like you want to you want to know what happens um but like this is not that this is one where like it's more just about like the feelings that it evokes um and it 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 does really well at that i mean the feelings that it evokes are intense and frightening and a lot and like each scene is just like different like nightmares unfolding in front of your eyes like that scene where like they go into their parents' bedroom and the, the dad is there one minute and then there's the mom and they're looking under the bed. Yeah. That was like, my nerves were in shreds. That whole scene. That I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like close your eyes. I'm like, God, no, don't. <laughs> like, what? No. <laughs> it was so scary. Yeah. Um, like that was, that was so good. So good. Um, and like when the skin of is finally talking towards the end, where it's like, put the knife in your eye. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I need to, like, leave this room right now. Like, that was so frightening. So frightening. Um, and, like, it didn't have anything to do with, like, 
the plot that had led them to that point. Because, I mean, the plot, it's really like kids wake up, their parents aren't there. Like, yeah, I mean, that's all you really need to know. I mean, there's like a little bit at the beginning where like one of the kids has come back from like having fallen and needed stitches or something. Yeah. Um, But like, and then like, and then that's it. And then it's the kids wake up, their parents aren't there. And suddenly the doors and windows in their house are gone. And so like that, that's the, that's the plot. I mean, there's nothing really else to like say about the narrative of this movie. Um, The rest of it is just like scene by scene kids reacting to like what's going on and like you're it's like really just meant to like evoke certain feelings in the audience and I, I think it does it so effectively um and part of it is because it's kids who are like the leads like you hear the kids talking they'll say things and it's like this is a fucking child it's being attacked by like some scary demon who's called a skinnamarink for a reason i don't understand <laughs> um, i don't even know what that name means but it is called that and it's upsetting to me <laughs> um so you know that's uh it's a lot, but it's, I thought it's pretty good. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it, it's a, it's an interesting watch. I I can't say whether I'll watch it again because I feel like it's the sort of thing that you could. I don't know what the returns on a rewatch would be like, but you know, I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say that I'm never gonna watch it again. I and I definitely think that this one watch was very rewarding and interesting. Mm definitely got me back in like that mindset of like being a little kid and being like terrified of the world around you when the lights are off. It really feels exactly like when you're like, like maybe when you're like a kid, you're like six years old and you have the flu and you wake up and it's like two in the morning and your TV is on in your bedroom and that's it. That's every, that's all that's going on in your life at that moment. You're sick. The TV's on, your parents are asleep. It's dark. Your, your door is wide open because you're sick, so your parents don't want to close your door. So you see the shadow outside your door, and that's it. Like, that's what it feels like, the whole movie. It's like that, that like, fear and anxiety that you felt waking up, seeing, like, fuzzy light, you're in, like, a fog, and there's, like, darkness everywhere around you. Man, it's really, it's really effective at conjuring that. Uh, yeah. I, I mean... Props to the director, but also like I hope that the director is okay because the fact that they still can conjure that so well, I'm like I hope that like they're like doing all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. (laughs) um, But yeah, um, it's just so effective at at conjuring that that exact feeling. Um, And what I will say is that I think that there's like a real risk that like the next like three years of horror are going to be people trying to repeat this. And I, I want to urge anyone who's listening to this not to try to redo skin. Yeah. Um, like yeah, skin Marine was definitely like a one-time thing. It's going, that kind of filmmaking is going to get so old so quickly. If you try to copy it. Oh, like yeah. There's definitely so. going to be a lot of copycats like there were with like Blair, Witch project and when that came paranormal out. activity. So, yeah. And yeah. Um, cause this but is hey, really, this is really in the same vein of like your, your Blair Witch, your paranormal activity. This is like the, the successor to that, that type of horror. Um, but Hey, we might get some good B movies out of it. You never know. As long but. as they're not like, the problem is that like this movie is so intentionally slow. Anything that tries to copy it needs to ditch the slowness because if right. you're trying to that, copy it, then you need to like, I don't know. that's a good point you can only do this exact thing once without it being a complete ripoff so you'd have to find a new way to do this kind of thing but who knows there's there's lots of creative people out there we'll see what happens they already uh i did see today 
that a back rooms film has been greenlit. Um, There's already a short film about the back room, about back yeah. rooms, right? Yeah. yeah, I think it. I think it's the same guy. This is like some 17 year old director who's like going to be directing a feature film for A24. Uh, so good for him. Like that's going to be awesome. But um, you do wonder if they're going to start like putting out more of these kind of things like creepypasta type movies and like lo-fi horror. Uh, I'm fine with lo-fi and things like that. Skin of a Ring had the specific like slow pacing and also like off kilter shots where you like never saw the actual action. Like you can't repeat that. You like, you can't, that was definitely like a one-time thing. Like I never want to see a movie that, that shoots itself that way again. Like I I don't want to see a movie where I don't see the characters like every two years, you know, like that's not, (laughs) that's not interesting to me. Um, Yeah. So um, you know, whatever happens with back rooms, it's got to at least, you know, do a little bit, different than that um i will say back rooms has the potential to be very scary because i do fear being lost in the never-ending back rooms so, yeah yeah um... <laughs> back rooms it's a creepy concept yeah. i'm hoping it's done well I, yeah i can definitely see lots of potential but i there. don't have much hope because i saw the slender man movie um <laughs> so yeah did we yeah. cover that on the podcast did we cover the slender man movie i don't think we did maybe we can we could do like a whole creepypasta episode with just like slender man i think we should cover slender man and the, the bye bye man and like the same, the same oh episode. the empty man was good we the can empty definitely man talk about the bye bye man. man oh my god the man episode slender man <laughs> bye bye man empty man um there's so just many men. men there's just she's so the many man. men oh my god if we covered she's the man that'd be so funny <laughs> um um we have covered men, men. yeah we have done that <laughs> um yeah those, um, those are awesome movies that exist um so you know i you know the last creepypasta style movie was not something that was particularly good because that was slender man but, um, <laughs> but yeah uh go check this movie out if you like getting spooked out definitely you know watch it in your living room with all the lights off alone um that's really important like don't don't pick up your phone while watching this movie like you know like put your phone on like do not disturb and put it in a drawer like don't like you have to you have to like really let yourself get like sucked in to to skin yeah yeah it's only going to be effective if you allow yourself to be completely immersed yeah so what i told people with paranormal activity so many times but this is even more important that you (laughs) this is like the most like don't touch your phone movie i've ever seen in my life um so yeah um so why don't we talk about our other horror film for tonight uh infinity pool infinity pool james (laughs) jamesy poo james james i like possibly the most unhinged we've seen Mia Goth. And I think it has something. to be the most unhinged we've seen Mia <laughs> even, Goth. This even gives Pearl a run for its money. This is just, this is really something, man. When Mia, Mia Goth <laughs> gets unhinged in this movie, it was the most frightening, deranged thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. Um, I'm like, is she a human or is she like a replicant or something? She's able to do these things with her face that I'm just like, that 
shouldn't be possible. No, we shouldn't be. And the, the voice that she's making, I was like, what are we doing? Um, the way she can say the word James. I was like, you can just say this in such a way that humans can't do. Um, and it's like the most common name. So I'm concerned. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, okay, go for it. Um, it was just so surreal. And she's like, so Mia got, okay, so Infinity Pool. Let's like, let's backtrack a little bit. Infinity Pool is the story of James Foster played by Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård. He was like the world's hottest man. I don't care what any publication has ever said. Otherwise, it's always Alexander Skarsgård. Um, except if the publication says Idris Elba, which is also a valid choice for the world's hottest man. Okay, yeah. Um, Pedro Pascal could also be up there. These days. <laughs> You're walking yourself I tr- back. I have here. a trio <laughs> of world's hottest men. Um, okay. So, um, but these these are like the three. Um, Alexander, but Alexander Skarsgård is up there, and he's probably won it before, right? He's won world's hottest man. Right, I mean, come on. I feel like he must when he was have. on True Blood. Like when right? he was on True Blood, yeah, yeah, he must have won it. Um, I mean, if fucking what's his name, Blake Shelton has won World Hottest Man, <laughs> um, I would be devastated to learn that Alexander Skarsgård has not. Um, anyway, um, he's like a writer who's like obviously failed. He wrote a book that like is not, it did not sell well. Whether or not it's good is up for debate, I guess, but it did not sell yeah. well um and so he married rich well i don't know if those two were like cause and effect but those things did happen um and so um there he and his wife are on a, a resort trip in the country of what's it called um Ooh. is it a real country so, i don't even know if it's a real country. No, it, it is a completely fictional country yeah, that's what i thought uh, yeah i um, don't okay the the country is called lee tolka Oh, Litolka. Uh, That's right. Okay. It's a completely fictional seaside country. It's clearly supposed to be like somewhere like Eastern Europe-ish. Yes. Um, but like they have like a, a fictional language and fictional money that you're shown at a few times throughout the film to like make this an almost fantasy setting. It's yeah. kind of like when the, when the clam phone shows up and it follows, you're like, oh, oh God, this is, is like, a, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like not a normal place. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Lutoka uh, is, is the country that they're in. They're on this like resort trip. Um, and they meet Mia Goth and her husband. Um, and Mia Goth, first of all, she's significantly younger than her husband. Um, mm-hmm. And, She's like, I'm a big fan of you to James Foster, who is Alexander Skarsgård. Um, and it's like, okay, that's weird. Cause like his book didn't sell well. Um, so like strange. Uh, and we're all just supposed to go with it. Things progress, but Mia Goth and like from there, it's like, it just gets weirder and I don't want to give too much away, but basically like things happen. There's an, I know what you did last summer plot. Um, yeah yeah exactly right um but then like i really thought this movie was gonna be i know what you did last summer and then it took an even weirder turn and i was like all right we're doing it like it was i know what you did last summer mixed with under the skin if you saw that movie with um scarlett johansson oh yeah yeah Yeah. it does kind of feel like that yeah um um but like it was it was such a strange turn of events um there's there's cloning I i don't know what the fuck is happening in this movie um yeah yeah they have a thing in this country apparently <laughs> they have mastered cloning technology which we're, we assume is not available anywhere else around the world because people are very surprised to discover that this exists um but if you're like accused of a crime 
they have like the death penalty for it seems like a lot of things here <laughs> it's obviously like a very conservative country they're like like there's a whole scene where you meet the other people who have been like murdered but they were cloned so they get to live um and it's like yeah it was for sodomy like it's like all right <laughs> yeah um, um <laughs> you were put but, to death for that <laughs> but yeah you could be put to death for pretty much anything but if you're rich enough you can have yourself cloned and then have the clone put to death instead um so basically the rich get off easy and uh, there's definitely a lot of themes in this movie of like the rich, like exploiting the poor and like sort of how like rich people go to like really poor countries where there are these fancy resorts and like they're clear. They clearly are treated with a different kind of law than everyone else. Um, there's definitely a lot of relations to the real world there. Um but like because these rich people have figured out that they can get away with doing all sorts of crimes, they just sort of descend into this hedonistic madness of just doing whatever they want and like delighting in what whatever is the most fucked up stuff they can come up with. And uh, it just it gets really crazy, shall we say. There's just a lot of crazy shit that happens in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I gotta <laughs> say, this movie would like, I was watching this movie and at one point I was like, man, if Sensate hadn't happened, this movie wouldn't exist. Because um, <laughs> there's like an orgy in the middle. Where I was like, this is like that one Sensate scene where everybody has oh, sex. Oh, the Sensate, yeah. The, the Sensate orgy. orgy. Yeah. Um, like, um, so it, it was very that. Um People get pissed on in this movie. You see come like it's just all happening in this movie. <laughs> it's, um, it's one of those movies where you actually see the come. Yeah, there aren't that many movies where you see can see come that like especially if they get like mainstream wide releases. Um, <laughs> you so. watch this in a theater. This is an R-rated movie. Apparently, there is an NC-17 cut. Um, I can't that... believe this. Like the version I saw was R-rated solely because I saw come. Like I was like, wow, that's R. I thought that would be NC seventeen by default. Yeah, you don't think I thought cum can... shots were NC seventeen. That's <laughs> somehow you can get that in an R rated movie. I mean, there it was in the Green Knight but too. Like... Yeah, okay. Oh wow, well, the yeah, Green that's true. The one in the Green Knight was a little less explicit with how it was shown, but still. Um, Do you see "Come and Call Me by Your Name"? You like come pretty close. Um, it's heavily implied, yeah. but you, I don't think you're directly shown it. So the movies where there's definitely come the green Knight, <laughs> infinity pool and stranger by the lake. Uh, what? what is that? You didn't see that movie. It was like a, a like so. a French movie. They played it at the Virginia film festival in like 2012, 2013. Um, and I have like such a vivid memory of this movie. Cause it's a gay movie. It's like about basically the plot is like a gay guy. It's like a cruising beach for gays. Um, okay. and, they're, and they're like cruising and so they'll hook up with like strangers and then it turns out there's like like suddenly there's like murders happening at the at the cruising spot so like Ooh, it's like sort okay. of like risky to start hooking up because I was like you might get fucking murdered yeah. um, but like people are like the main guy still wants to do it because he's like horny so like that's like the plot it's like <laughs> he like keeps doing it but, but I'm horny <laughs> yeah but the sex that happens in the movie like I will never forget seeing this movie on the big screen. It was in like the Regal on the downtown mall in Charlottesville. <laughs> and like, I'm watching this movie and I'm just sitting there watching it. And there's like 
anal sex. Like this guy's like riding this guy on the beach of this lake. And I'm like, yeah, we're all doing this. And like somebody ejaculates and in like the cum everywhere. There's like, like it's very <laughs> visible. I was like, all right, we've got cum. And in front of me, a row in front of me, a mom, a dad, and a like 12, 13 year old boy. Oh my God. Stand up. And the mom's like, we need to go. We need to go. And I was like, well, he's seen the cum shot. Like, I don't know what else there's going to be in this movie. How much worse can it get? Like, like you might as well stay now. You stayed through a prolonged, hardcore sex scene. Like, you saw dick into ass. And you thought, we should keep watching this. And then you saw the cum shot. (laughs) Let it end. And thought, we should leave. That now we should go. What? Come on. Because he's finished. So, like, it's time to go. Well, that was only, like, 30 minutes into the movie. (laughs) Oh, God. That's, like, like one of my my favorite stories from working at the movie theater, um, which I was working there when Bruno came out. And you could pretty much time the walkouts to the scene in that movie where there's the giant swinging dick on the screen. (laughs) And you'd be like, all right, right about now. Then you see a whole bunch of people come and walking out. Yep. Yep. That seems right. Um, That is how it works. Um, I don't know if Stranger at the Lake or Stranger by the Lake, I can't remember if it's at or by, but um, I can't remember if it like came with like a warning that it was going to be so graphic because I remember being surprised by it. I was like, oh, all right, we're doing this now. At least Bruno, like, come on. Like, you knew what you were getting yourself into. People should have, but people took their kids to that movie. I I don't know why. Well, people taking... Okay. Okay. I worked at a movie theater when Sausage Party came out. (laughs) And I gotta tell you. At least that was an animated film. But people saw animated and thought kid-friendly in a way that was like... So bizarre to me in an era where we have like South Park and like Bob's Burgers, which isn't kids oh, yeah. unfriendly, but it's like not kid friendly either. Like, you know, like it's not like, like four. And Morty it's not like four or... kids. Um, you know, we have King of the Hill. Like we have family we have guy. Family Guy. We have all of these shows where it's like it's not for children just because it's animated. And you know that. Aqua Teen Hunger Force is out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like Come on, like, um, and people, people would, should know better. People but would come out of the things and be like, "This was an animated movie." <laughs> I thought, and I was like, "What do you want me to say to that?" And it'd be like, you know, it's an hour and a half movie, two hours maybe. They'd come out like an hour and be like, "Can I get a refund?" No, you watched over <laughs> half of the movie. <laughs> I do don't want- see how you get halfway through that movie like it's it starts up with the offensive stuff very early well the same way people who watch like actual hardcore gay sex watch (laughs) the entire sex scene in stranger the lake and then come out and say um that was a bit much well you watch the whole sex scene it can't get worse (laughs) from there so i don't know what you want me to do um yeah that's parents watching movies um yeah. how do we get here oh come uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, like you do that was how that was how um there is come in infinity pool there is there is actual semen um you see it i i don't i think it's probably fake semen, oh yeah it's actually it is... of course it's probably fake um i don't actually know i have no idea but i'm assuming <laughs> it's fake um um otherwise alexander skarsgård 
did some weird things. Or they have a stunt double. They could have a stunt double who's ready to come on command. Um, <laughs> they brought in the stunt cock. Um, <laughs> um, God, that'd be so upsetting. Um, yeah, so they, they do that. That happens in this movie. Um, Alexander Skarsgård's character is weirdly chill about it, too. He's just like, yeah, okay. I'm being, I'm being jerked off to completion by Mia Goth now. And I'm like, yeah, okay. We're all I just mean, chill with this. You know, who wouldn't be chill with that, honestly? Well, I've seen Mia Goth in a few movies. (laughs) And and none of them has she been a character I want anywhere near me. Um, Except for maybe Emma. Um, (laughs) She's fine in Emma. Even then, I don't know that I really want her near me, but she's not, like, frightening. Um, But she's not, like, somebody who I'd be like, all right, I'm, like, you know, you need to leave me alone. Um... (laughs) You know, in my case, I think it's one of those things where the brain says no, but you you still... Something else says yes. I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> uh, I feel you. I do. Mia Goth is um, attractive. Just to, We will say that. Uh, but yeah. then she starts screaming, James E. Poo! <laughs> <laughs> that part, like, when she goes, like, full joker mode at the end she's like literally the joker in this movie (laughs) she's like when she starts screaming i'm like i need like medication (laughs) and assistance because i'm upset i love how like there's that image of her that's been going around uh for like the, the promotional images for this movie which is her with like her mouth wide open holding a gun that is from that scene and it still undersells like how crazy that scene yeah, is. Yeah, it completely undersells it. Um that scene and all of the scenes that follow that scene are crazy. Just completely insane. And she the, is the leader of the insane pack in all of it. The dog. The dog. The fucking <laughs> dog. Um God, that's so upsetting. Um <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, she is just fucking incredible. She's an incredible horror actress. And she should keep doing horror. She should do other stuff because she should get an Oscar someday. But, like, yeah. I want her to keep horror, keep doing horror because she's just so fucking good at it. Right. Like, she's going to have to do more prestige stuff so she can get her awards. But, yeah. We hope she sticks with the horror stuff. Or maybe someday she, having by, a through lot of fun force of too. will, she will make <laughs> horror recognize her. Yeah. Because she is just so good. She's had an incredible year. Yeah. I mean, you can't... She's undeniable. Yeah. Insane. Just insane. What else has she been in? So she's she did the, the Pearl and X movie. She did this. She did Emma. There's some other stuff she's been in. Um, yeah. That, like, now I, like, have to, like, go back and be like, whoa, that was her. Um, and it's, like, crazy. Like, she's just done so much fucking shit, and she's so good in everything she does. Um, she was apparently a nymphomaniac. I she didn't wasn't remember di- her oh, from that. Suspiria? Suspiria? Yeah, Suspiria definitely is Suspiria, yeah. She was in A Cure for Wellness. Um, I still need to see that movie. God, that movie was... Sure that movie, you would like that. that movie. You would absolutely like it that movie. It seems... I've been dying to see it for ages. I, I need to just watch it. Yeah. Those are, those are all some great flicks that she's been in. Man. She's just done some weird shit. She is such a weird actress. I love it. I honestly don't even know if she's going to end up doing normal prestige pictures. She just like doesn't seem like she wants to. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, she she was good in Emma. She was perfectly fine in there. She had kind of a weird but role. I was she's definitely say, but always even plays Emma wasn't a totally normal. Like, yeah, no, she's she can never play like a normal person. She's always going to be somebody strange. The question is like, what kind of film is she going to be strange in? But is she going to be yelling James Apu? <laughs> I like I like hear Hopefully. that in my head all the time. I'll be like doing like Excel spreadsheets. And I'm like, I want to stop, and I'll hear her being like. Jamesy, and I'll be like, I want to fucking die. Like, um, she would yell at me about like, spreadsheets. People have been commenting on the fact that like you rarely hear her actual voice in movies because like in real life she sounds like a like a Victorian orphan or something. She does, and yeah. and it, this is the movie where she finally busted it out. Like, and it's like the most <laughs> insane thing you've ever heard. It makes it yeah. so much more frightening when you hear it. It's like, oh my god, you're right. I fucking hate the British people. Um, no offense, um, but um, it's like scary. Her accent is scary in this. It's like, yeah. it's part yeah. of the the, the terror is like her voice in this movie. Um, she's just so good. At, I mean, I think Alexander Skarsgård is quite good too. Um, yeah. But she yeah, is he, so scary in this movie. Like she's like, it's, it's, it's impressive that in a year where art, the clown rose to prominence, we've also got Mia goth just like being Mia goth as also the other most frightening presence in horror. Like it's like, if she shows up, God forbid, like, yeah like yeah. <laughs> we need we need mia goth to do a terrifier film next could you like, imagine terrifier 3 with mia goth that'd just be like <laughs> she plays a little evil girl but like grown up or something yeah um, yeah that, that would probably be her a perfect role for her um it'd be so scary or just like a random character um i would love to see mia goth as like a victim of art the clown like like she does the whole Mia Goth thing for a while, but then she gets to like be Art's victim. That'd be pretty funny too. Um, yeah, because um, she'd probably she'd probably also sell being like you know, not the final girl, but you know what I mean, like the next to final girl, being um, like brutally murdered. Yeah, I, th- I think she'd do a good job of that. Um, I didn't want to say she'd do a good job being brutally murdered because I thought that sounded too bleak, but you said it, so <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I I also think she'd do good at that. Um, Whatever she does, she's gonna do a great job. Um, oh yeah, she really. Uh, I'm, the I'm watching movie. everything she does yeah. from now on. Like, uh, she's incredible. She was just so fucking scary in this movie. I mean, uh, so many things that are frightening about this movie. Like, all of the rich people become scary in this movie. Um, I do appreciate that when we get the big like. Okay, so the movie started, and there was like a warning that was like, "By the way, if you have epilepsy, like, don't watch this." And I was like, "All right, that's fair." Um, yeah. And then halfway through the movie, I was like, that was so true. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, I, I was like, oh, I wonder what, what scene that's going to come to bear in. And like when and it, then it turned out, it was like the 10 minute Whoa. orgy that happens in the middle of the movie. <laughs> You're like, oh um, yeah, that would have been really bad if he'd been an epileptic. Yeah. Um, there was like a 10 minute orgy in the middle of the movie where it's flashing the whole time. What I will say I appreciate about the 10 minute orgy is that while Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård are obviously like, the couple that start it. Um, and that's not really a spoiler. I think that if you see the trailer, you know, they're going to have sex. Um, yeah. I think that if you see the first few minutes of this movie, you know, they're going to have sex. Um, it's a Cronenberg, Brandon Cronenberg movie. And it's Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. They're going to have sex. Um, come on. Um, so, <laughs> but I did appreciate that also like the men and women are having sex with one another in the orgy. I was like, thank you for having gay sex in your orgy. 
in your in your scary, frightening, evil demon drug orgy. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> of so course. much for the gays being involved here. Of course, yeah, like um, the, I, the, that's clearly part of this. Like nobody's holding back. Here. But it wasn't. Nobody's it wasn't like of... it wasn't like it was like explicit. Like you saw, like like women were together clearly and there was like a man taking a dick in his ass and i was like i was like thank you thank you so much for that yeah, i really appreciate yeah. this um so that you know shout out to that um because you know most most of these orgies would be like there are three men and three women they must pair off together you know yeah. um so thank or you like, to cronenberg for for doing a little better about that, that yeah um, brandon cronenberg he's uh he's not afraid to put it all on the screen there well he's um, a weirdo Let's all be he's, clear yeah, that. He, he's um, a big weirdo. I wonder he, why. Can't fathom why Brandon Cronenberg <laughs> would be a weirdo. You have yeah. to be a weirdo growing up with David Cronenberg as a father. There should be yeah. a there should be a show called Growing Up Cronenberg. Growing <laughs> Up Cronenberg. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> oh my god. I do. I just want to know what what is that like. <laughs> Did did he did he grow did he see like the new flesh as a kid like he, probably been there. <laughs> um, um probably experienced the new flesh as a kid yeah um, yeah yeah but Brandon Cronenberg is really making a name for himself you know definitely distinguishing himself as more than just the child of David Cronenberg. But also, like, he's stuff. very clearly the child of David Cronenberg. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The the influence, it could not be more clearly yeah. shown here. But it's it's so good and it's so well done and so, like, his own that you you can't fault him for that. Yeah, I did really like this movie. I, I thought the movie was good. Even though, like, yes, obviously the influence of David Cronenberg is very, very clear. It's so distinctly, like, a different vision. It's, it's you know, it's it's Brandon's vision and it's... I think he sells it really well. I think, um, yeah, I thought it was very compelling and good and weird. Um, so it was also weird. like such a good mix of like humor in there. Like there are moments of this movie that are extremely funny. Um, oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> I always think that's great when there's like a, a super fucked up movie that you can still laugh during because, yes. uh, otherwise something like this could be a little heavy. Yeah. Um, they, there are moments of this movie that are like fucking hilarious. Um, so I thought that was really, really good. Um, and there are movies of this movie that are terrifying. Like when Mia Goth starts yelling, I will never, I will never unhear her yelling James's name. <laughs> I will just like never stop hearing in my head. Um, like the, the scene where she's like, they stop the bus when he's trying to leave. That is like the most frightening scene. Like, yeah. It's That's so like, scary. It's like the strangers, like straw dogs type thing. That yeah. kind of like, oh fuck, like I'm completely out of control right now. And there's no chance of fighting back. And that's like the whole thing with like his character, right? Like it's like he got this like idea of like, oh, if I like get in trouble and they sentence me to death, I can just pay money and I'll be resurrected. And like there's this interesting tension because like he's not the one who actually has the money. It's his it's his wife. Yeah. Um and so, like, that's a whole other tension, which also, like, sets him apart from all the other characters he's interacting with and is arguably, like, one of the main themes of the movie um, is that, like, he's not actually the rich guy. It's, you know, he's actually quite not rich at all. Um, but everybody he's hanging out with is. And so, like, that's, like, a big a big plot element of the movie and, like, a theme, right? Um, but yeah. he figures this out and it's, like, he's, like, addicted to it. He's, like... Oh yeah, I just like and he's just like going deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole. It like it's such a weird take on like addiction and obsession. Um 
and money, like yeah. like getting drawn into like the wealthy lifestyle, even as an outsider. Right. It's just such a, it's such a weird and and different and unique take on it. Um, I don't know. I thought it really worked well. Um, and I, I thought like it really showed how like it was interesting because like when you first meet all of like the rich characters, I don't know about you, but I thought they were like weird, but like mostly like funny and seemed harmless. And then like yeah. by the end of the movie, they were like, they all seemed just like fucking awful. Like it was like, it like slowly reveals how just like hollow and disgusting all of these people are as the movie goes on. And he's just like, sort of like hanging out with him. Like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> um, it's just such a, it's such an interesting way that the movie like unraveled it, itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Cause at first, like you think like, Oh, they're like kind of weird, but they're like his friends and they're fine. And they've just, and like, even at the beginning, like you think like they've been like wronged by like this, like country's like backwards laws, which is another interesting element of this movie. It's like the, the country obviously has backwards laws. It'll be like, I mean, even just like the, the main plot, like Alexander Skarsgård hit somebody who jumped out into the middle of the road in the middle of the night. I, I mean, even if he'd been drinking, I don't know if what happened there was his fault. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the way it was presented to me, I was like, well, I don't know if he could have prevented that even if he'd been like completely coherent. Um, yeah. Um, um, but then like, they're like, oh, by the way, because you killed this guy, his son gets to kill you. And it's like, wait, that's not a normal thing that anything, any, and that's not normal. And then it becomes like, oh, by the way, we can do that if you engage in sodomy and if you like steal. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and so like the movie sets you up to believe that like it's like you're sympathizing with the victims of this country's like backwards laws. And then like by the end of it, it's like, fuck these people. Like the country yeah. kill them. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like, <laughs> well, you also see how like this sort of system incentivizes this kind of behavior because these sort of fucked up people can just be like yeah i can get away with this well, it, what it really money. sells to me is that like like this country's like backwards conservative view is like the way countries not countries the way systems with that view that like backwards ass view tend to like uphold themselves is like money right like they have money yeah. and power and like i mean even though this is a fake country it's like it's like i mean you can even apply that like logistic or logic to like the u.s with like the republican party which is like not a majority party that enjoys majority support, but just has like a lot of money and power. And so they get to wield like a bunch of like fucking weird rules that nobody cares about <laughs> like over yeah. us, you know? Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's such a, it's such a good, like slow way of like taking down, like, you know, you, you think one thing when you're starting this movie, you're like, Oh yeah, this country's so backwards. And then by the end you're like, you know what? Fuck these people. Like not fuck these foreigners who are coming in, like exploiting this. Like you're not even like upset about like the country being backwards anymore. You're upset about like these rich people coming in being assholes. Um, it's just yeah. like such a weird. And like, then you learn that like the country is just like taking event. They're like, well, we can keep upholding these laws because it gets these people sentenced to death, which gets them to pay us money to not be sentenced to death. So it all works out for us. Um, and it's like, it's so fucking bullshit. Um, but it's so, it's so such a great encapsulation of like 2023. So um, it, it works. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It, it really does seem to touch on a lot of current issues that way. Mm. Fucked up movie. Fucked up movie. Very fucked up. Uh, 
check it out if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. By now, you probably know if you are. Um, I think that's still playing most places. It only opened like two weeks ago. Yeah, but you know, you know how movies are these days, especially something like this that probably has a more guess, limited audience. I guess I live in New York, so I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> still playing in New York. Yeah, I'll tell, I'll tell you that. Um, but yeah, check it out if you're so inclined. We really had a lot of fun with this one. We'll definitely be checking this out again. I can't wait till you're in LA and you can everything is playing for you all the time. Yeah, the same we're, way we're it is really, for me. Like we're gonna be really covering. We're like, gonna be like in our key movie. That's gonna be our. That that's gonna be our. Um, what's what's the era that we're gonna be in? That's gonna be like our peak era. I don't know what the the proper word is, but it's gonna we be haven't like, even begun to peak. Yeah, how bad can we be? Um, <laughs> No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> we need, not bring the one. Should we? Should we this. cover um, the Lorax on? The, oh God! On the uh, well, we're we're still trying to find something for episode 100, so maybe <laughs> the Lorax and Horton hears a who together. Um, oh God! Oh God! Uh, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah. Anyway, more to come soon. You know. Well, hopefully, Alexander Skarsgård doesn't have more to come. <laughs> I don't think so. Judging by judging by what we've seen, um, actually, he was fine by the end. He might have more to come. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're gonna keep on with the Oscars thing. We're still blazing ahead. Uh, I'm gonna try to see more movies this week. Same. I'm officially seeing the whale tomorrow. I have a ticket. Oh, I'm doing nice. it. Okay, that's um, good. That's a that's a that's progress for me. I've canceled yeah. a ticket to see that like four times. <laughs> sometimes you just gotta rip that bandage off you just gotta go go see the whale um yeah and we'll be back at it again next week telling you what we've been seeing we're racing to the finish we've got just a little over a month now so we're we're working towards it and until Woo! then yeah until then you can find us on all the major podcast platforms. Give us a like. Give us a review. If you like what we're doing. You can find us on social media. We're at Buzzed on Movies on Twitter. And you can email us. At buzzedonmovies at gmail.com And let us know how your Oscars race is going. Please do. And until we are also curious. Yeah. We like to be plugged in. To the fellow Death Racer community seeing if anyone else is out there trying to have a go of it. So please let us know. And until next time, we'll see you at the movies. We'll see you at the movies. Or at a resort in Latolka. Wherever we see you first. We'll see you there again and again and again and again. And again and again. Uh, if you the doors in your house start disappearing, don't be alarmed. <laughs> Stick a knife in your eye. Just, just stick a knife in you. It'll be fine. <laughs> Hide the kids' toys, though, I will say.